0: people of the internet. My name is Martin. I am one-third of Culture Realms with Culture. I'm here alongside... I don't One of you can take it, I don't know.
1: I'll go. Blake? I'm Megan. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh no! Take it!
2: I'm like... <laughs> I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Megan.
0: It's kind of hard when we're doing this through Skype and not in person, where I could just point to someone and you know who I'm talking to.
2: Visually, yeah. it looks like you were pointing at me. Me too, so it, yeah. That I feel
0: like make Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a drastic fail anyways uh so this episode is going to be a little bit different just like every other episode that we've done uh we have an interview actually we have our first guest on the culture rhymes with culture podcast and Ooh. uh blake do you want to take this one
2: yeah it's my dad <laughs> hey <laughs> I love
3: yeah
2: papa steve hello
3: everybody <laughs> <laughs>
2: um yeah so so for everyone who knows it's not just me saying hey dad we'd be on my podcast because we didn't have anyone else um he actually has important like interesting things to talk about um so dad do you want to talk about your most recent project what was the the movie that just came out
3: well my most recent project is called the hunt universal studios picture called the hunt and it got uh released about a month ago, in theaters nationwide, three 3,500 theaters, and then the virus hit, and it's not in theaters anymore. So, kind of a bummer. It was only in theaters for about a week and a half. Had the premiere in Los Angeles. Everything was great, and then the whole shutdown occurred. So now it's available on demand. So any any kind of demand platform, you can rent the movie. It's like 19.95. That's first time Universal Studios has ever done that. Have a new movie available on demand, but it was that or, or nothing. So yeah, that's the deal. It's called The Hunt. It's a pretty it's a pretty cool movie if you haven't seen it yet.
2: I know that like you're bummed that it's on demand, but I feel like almost it's going to be doing better. For sales, because I know that like when things are in a theater, my like if I don't have time to go to a movie, I'm gonna say like, oh, it's fine, I'll wait until it's out on DVD or whatever. And now everyone's stuck in their homes, so they kind of like don't have a choice but to watch movies.
3: Yeah, I think like, a lot of people are watching. I haven't seen the, any updated numbers on it. Uh, the movie made almost 10 million as of last week, so it has a, a ways to go. I think the budget was 20 million. But yeah, everyone's cooped up in their house, so I think a lot of people are watching anything they can get their hands on. The $19 price tag might scare some people away, but, you know, if you went to the movie theater with your wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, and you bought Diet Cokes and popcorn, you're going to spend much more on that anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. I,
2: uh, but, but only if you yeah. buy Diet Cokes. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. I know. <laughs> Which I, I do. Are watching it, I've gotten, uh just today, I got two text messages from people I haven't talked to in five or six years saying they saw it. So, there was, like, one person nice. I met in the pool. I met him in the pool in Las Vegas, him and his wife. Haven't talked to them in five years. I got a text message from him, like, 30 minutes ago. That's kind of
2: cool, it.
3: though. they recognized me, and I was still on their phone.
2: So a movie about <laughs> yeah, murdering others so is bringing down. everyone together.
1: <laughs> well, it's just, like, it's like the Tiger King thing. Like, it's blowing up. And, like, we talked about last time. I don't know how well that would have done had we not all been stuck at home. So I think if people find out about the movie, 20 bucks, yeah, it's a lot of money, but in the grand scheme of things, it's really not, especially if you compare it to going no. to the movies with your family.
3: Yeah. yeah, Tiger King's number one watched documentary in history. I don't Pretty understand crazy. it.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: in his- Wait, in history?
3: Uh, yeah. Uh, Netflix. Oh, history. Netflix.
2: History. Uh, Netflix I, history. Uh, I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't... Yeah. I I haven't seen it, though, and I stand by my decision not to watch it, but...
1: I haven't
3: seen that's it either good. i'm holding out holding out well, you, you watch it and when you're done you're just a little bit stupider <laughs> <laughs> i know I, I know i was i don't need that <laughs> yeah, in my life Back that, that, the deal on the hunt but uh, backtracking a little bit the hunt originally got uh, had a release date of september last year and then yeah. uh, they had the mass shooting in el paso and up in Kalina and then uh, Trump found out what the movie is about. He tweeted about it and started slamming the movie, even though he didn't even know what it was about really. And, uh, universal studios got nervous and pulled the plug on it uh, because there's, yeah. there's ne- negative, negative information out there about it. So, I mean, yeah. But,
0: I, maybe, uh... Yeah. Go ahead. I remember uh... uh talking to Blake about it. Cause I was like, um, I was like, oh, man, I think she brought it up to me. She told me, yeah, the movie that my dad was in just got canceled. And I was like, oh, what? And then she told me that it was related to those two mass shootings. And I was just like, I mean, that makes sense. But still, that sucks. But I'm hey, I'm glad it still came out, though, in theaters, at least, even if it was for a little bit.
3: Yeah, so I, I wasn't real sure the movie would ever be released. But, you know, when you spend $18, 20000000 million on something... I was kind of hoping they'd figure out a way to to get it out there again, and all of a sudden, it was released. Uh, I don't remember the date. It was March something. We had the premiere out in Los Angeles, and it was I, uh, very well received.
2: I feel like the like the negative press almost was better for it, because it changed like your entire marketing strategy. Because like, it started being like, they said it was the most talked about movie that no one's even seen.
3: Yeah, you were the one who sent me. You told me that it was it was streaming on, uh, or whatever the word is on, uh,
2: trending.
3: YouTube trending, yeah. <laughs> it was one the one of the most watched videos or trailers on YouTube for about a week.
2: Yeah, so was, it was. was it cool. was on like the like. Not only was it trending on like just the movie section, but it was trending in like overall, like videos on YouTube. So.
3: Which is an yeah, impressive they got, feat. They, they, they got a ton of free free advertising. You know, it's not the best way to do it. But, yeah, most people who never would have heard of The Hunt. Like, when I tell people I was in The Hunt, they know about it. And it's mostly because of that negative publicity that was floating around there after Trump's tweet.
2: I think no matter what, even if they think that they're going to hate it, they're going to watch it just to talk crap anyway. So, either way, you're making money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, I,
3: I, if you read the reviews, they're they are they're just like politics they're they're 50 50 some people love the movie some people hate it but the ones who hate it you can tell it's politically motivated it's and, literally 50 percent on rotten it. tomatoes what's that
2: it's literally 50 50 on rotten tomatoes
3: yeah so that's pretty interesting just like politics are it's roughly 50 50 so it's kind of hard to, to break that that line sometimes but then there's mm. a lot of people who aren't political in any way and they love they love the movie
2: yeah, I mean, I'm not interested in politics, and I actually found it really funny.
3: Yeah, like you said, the first trailer that was floating around out there in September, October made it sound like it was like a horror-thriller-type film. but And and it is to a certain degree, but there's tons of comedy in there. Like, every, every time somebody gets killed, for the most part, there's some comedic, you know, part to it.
2: I think that Betty Gilpin truly made it into, like, a whole new genre. Because, like, without her comedic timing, it would have been more thriller, I think, than comedy.
3: Yeah, most of that was improv, too. Uh, you know, in my scene, final scene, without giving away too much, she kind <laughs> of does this, look her, she does this <laughs> crazy look with her face. And I remember looking at her like, what, what are you doing? Because wasn't... <laughs> That was in rehearsal. That was not a script or in rehearsal, and she kind of freaked me out when she made that weird look in her face. But it, but it worked. But it worked. It was pretty awesome.
0: Did they give you guys
1: of... like? Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just gonna say, did they give all of you guys like room to improvise, or did she just do it because she's like, I do what I want?
3: Uh, the, the upper level actors got room to improvise. When you're someone like me, who's just lucky to be there, I stick exactly <laughs> to <you> the script. <laughs> I yeah, didn't but, change one word. I was <laughs> like, exactly happy my question. i was to be here. Oh, was it really? <laughs> there was one time where I got a little cocky and started adding a little here and there, and the director let me know not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Because yeah, when I did it, it threw off Betty Gilpin's timing on what she was going to do, so I get it. It didn't hurt my feelings or anything. Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: P- I want to know... I wanna I want to know the the like process of your stunt double.
3: Yeah, that was pretty cool. I did most of, m- 95% of the stunts were me doing it. But there was a couple of scenes, like uh, when Betty Gilpin's walking away from that window after shooting that guy and she gets slammed against the wall. That was my stunt double. And Betty had a stunt double for that scene because he really smashes her against that wall really hard. And, in mm-hmm. fact, when we were driving back to the hotel, I asked the stunt double if that hurt. And she said, yeah, it hurt like hell. <laughs> <And> he, <laughs> he, he he knocked her against that wall really hard. Probably Maybe too hard, but it looked awesome on film.
2: I mean, the I was- the second but, time I watched it, I tried to, like, see if I could tell, like, when it was you and when it wasn't. Because I, like, feel like I know you pretty well. Cause, you know, you're my dad. So, (laughs) I thought I'd be able to like pick you out, but I could not tell the difference.
3: Yeah, it's pretty amazing because my stunt double was like a 25 year old guy. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm 60 years old, but from behind, he looked exactly like me. I mean, it was the build and the hair. It was from the front, he he was a lot better shape, but from the back, (laughs) he looked like me. (laughs) 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 Yeah, and he's only on the screen for a split, like three seconds maybe. He's in it very little. Just that scene, like I said, when he slams her against the wall, the rest of it's like when she's beating me up with a pipe and kicking me and all that stuff, that's me.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Do you have any uh, battle scars because of those scenes?
3: Just emotional. Well, well go, Going into the movie, I had a, a hip, a degenerative issue with my hip from running. I, I ran a lot of marathons and stuff and my hip was starting to give out on me and when we filmed the movie and that first scene where she shoots me, and I go flying across the table. I kept landing on my hip over and over and over and over, and it very it it caused me to get surgery a little bit faster than I probably wanted to. I ended up getting a hip surgery mm. this past December. I'm not I'm not blaming it on the movie. I was gonna have to get it anyway, but I think it kind of sped it up a little bit.
0: I think I don't know. I think you should blame it on the
2: movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. workers' cop.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but other than that, no, I didn't get any injuries. I mean, Betty did hit me right in the right in the crotch with that that pipe, but I had a protective oh. cup on. Thank goodness. Oh. Otherwise, Dang. my voice would be a little bit different right now.
0: <laughs> that, that hurt me uh, just just talking about it right now. Uh, I, just I think, like, I, think
3: I think in that that particular time where she nailed me, I think is what made it to the final cut because it looked really good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. so
0: how many how many days or how long were you on set?
3: Uh, I was there for two I was there for two weeks. I was on the set probably four days, and then I did stunt training for a couple days. but a lot of time was spent just sitting around my hotel room waiting. That's kind of the thing when you're making movies or TV or whatever. you show up and there's a lot of waiting that goes on. They just want you there because if the schedule changes or whatever, they want you available and you're getting paid to be there, whether you're on the set or not. So like I did an episode of the purge in New Orleans a few months ago. And so like, say it was a Monday I got there at eight in the morning, stayed there until almost eight o'clock at night, never left my trailer, came back okay. the next day, wow. eight o'clock at noon, still hadn't left my trailer. <laughs> and then they, they finally came and got me right after lunch. So, I'm one o'clock on the second day, I went to the set. And I was done with my scene probably within an hour and I was out of there. So, <laughs> the
0: good news is I got paid
3: for two days.
0: So yeah, one hour of work and got paid for two days.
3: But sitting around, you know, my trailer is not like, you know, Tom Cruise's trailer. You know, it's not like a double wide, <laughs> two stories with a pool and stuff. My, my trailers usually are like 10 foot by four foot has a, so a
2: closet
3: It's like a big closet, it has a couch, a sink, and that's it and so you you bring you know books and you know your phone watch movies and stuff like that. but yeah, you can go stir crazy, especially because you're laying there and you're nervous anyway, and you know at any minute they can knock on your door and say, Let's go so for the first day for twelve hours, I was sitting there waiting for that knock on the door, which never <laughs> came <laughs> yeah, never came. So, it's pretty nerve wracking.
1: That's yeah, kind of how I then... feel anytime I get a phone call or I know I'm expecting a call. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm nervous. Even if it's just like Blake calling me, I just get nervous. So, I can't imagine like waiting in a trailer for 12 hours with that kind of energy, like waiting.
3: Yeah. And especially when you're a, a day player, a day player is someone who's on a, only on a TV show for a day or two days because everyone else has been together working for months. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, so we filmed and, I don't remember when I filmed the hump, but just for, for example, say if I filmed it in December, these people have been together since early August filming the whole season. So they're one big happy family. And so you're an outcast, you know, you don't know anybody and you just feel totally, you know, not, not that you don't feel wanted, but you don't know anybody, you know, they have their own little cliques, It's just like being in a school, or whatever, they all eat together and they're all hanging out together between takes. And then you're kind of just there by yourself. So yeah, it it, it is nerve wracking because you don't have anyone to hang out with.
2: I would feel like I'd be afraid to talk to anyone because I wouldn't want anyone to like think I was weird.
3: <laughs> yeah, I usually try and hunt down the the background actors because because
2: you know, <laughs> you're cool to them.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, never thought of it that way, but yeah, I'm, I'm cool to them. But also, I know they don't know everybody either. So, and I I like hanging out with stunt guys too because stunt guys are. Usually, ex-athletes and things like that, and I have a lot in common with them, and I really click with those guys. So when okay. I was doing the purge, when I was doing the purge, I hung out with the, the stunt guys.
2: So now that you have a major blockbuster, is that what they still call it? Under your belt, <laughs> do they still call it blockbuster since blockbuster isn't a thing anymore? R.I.P. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to stick with that since you have a major blockbuster under your belt. Oh, what is it's going to be a box office hit. Okay, whatever. What's going to be the the indicator that you've, like, you've arrived? Because I remember once you told me that you asked for a diet Mountain Dew and they gave you a cooler full of them and you felt like the <laughs> coolest person ever. Nice. So I, f- I feel like your standard is probably higher now.
3: Yeah, and that was, uh, that was quite a long time ago. That was about – I was on Hannah's Gold. That was, like, eight years ago. And then uh, I never had anybody else bring me a cooler or a Coke after that for some reason. So. <laughs> I don't know what the, you know, I wait, I still audition, you know, not much now because of the situation, everything's shut down, but I auditioned for a Ronald Reagan movie yesterday that's being filmed in Oklahoma, so there's a few things still going on out there, but the whole timing of this thing, this virus was horrible for my career because the hunt finally hit, and I had a nice scene in it, a couple nice scenes, major universal pictures, movie, and then the virus hit. So there's most of the production companies have shut down. They're not auditioning hardly at all. So my momentum has come to a screeching halt for the most part. But when, when things get settled in a a couple of months or whenever I'm hoping, you know, it'll pick back up. IMDB is not a big deal to, to casting directors or producers. They don't even go on IMDB, but it is a good indicator of people checking you out and, Prior to the hunt, my rank was like 140,000 or whatever. And now it's like 13,000, which is a huge, huge jump, obviously. Yeah. So yeah. And that means that people were clicking on my page and looking me up and, and things like that. And on my personal website, I've had a huge increase in, uh, in traffic too. So those are two pretty good indicators that people are looking me up.
2: I think probably 40 of those IMDb's were me.
3: <laughs> yeah, 200 are me.
2: Yeah, I did
3: one.
0: <laughs> I've done I think a couple cuz I I know the first time uh when Blake was told me that you were an actor, uh it was with uh the Better Call Saul scene when you were the yeah. bartender.
2: Yeah, so I remember when we watched it.
0: We, yeah, we had a little watch party at my apartment that night when that episode premiered and we all watched it and uh and I remember Blake was like, oh, man, I don't know if I, they might have could have seen. I don't know, because it's already the end of the episode. And next thing you know, like, uh, I'm, I don't know his his uh, full name, but Saul like goes up to the bar and asks you for a drink and you have a, like a short conversation with him. And I was like, yeah. oh, there
3: it is. <laughs> yeah, they didn't was, cut uh,
0: it. There it is.
3: Yeah. Was, the character's name is Mikey. Uh, Jonathan Hawkins is his name. The actor. That's Mikey. He was the henchman. He's the one that worked for Saul.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. And that was a flashback scene. He goes back to Philadelphia and kills those two cops. So it was pretty cool. We were in Albuquerque and they they took over this bar in Albuquerque and turned it into a Philadelphia sports bar. So every square inch of the place was just like something you'd find in Philly. It was like, you know, sports pennants and stuff like that all over the walls. It was pretty neat how they transformed it over.
2: I mean, we watched it and like the only reason we watched it was cuz you we were in it. Like neither one of us yeah. And, watch that uh, TV show. I, I, I watched and,
0: Breaking Bad, but I didn't watch uh, Better Call Saul at all.
2: Yeah, yeah and I, we was, watched like f- we watched like forty-five minutes of the episode, and like it seemed like it was over. Like it seemed <laughs> like the the episode was done, and I was like, "Oh my god, we just sat here for forty-five minutes for him to not even be in it." <laughs> like I was that's so only, upset.
3: It's <laughs> only happened to me one time, and that was American Crime. My whole scene, I had like three scenes in American Crime. I think it's on ABC. I don't remember what it was, but anyway, the the. I had all these people watch it and, uh, the show started and then the show ended and I wasn't in it <laughs> and I started getting all these nasty, nasty text messages because all these people were forced to watch it and I wasn't, even in it <laughs> so it's kind of a lesson learned. I kind of don't tell too many people anymore. Like when I was in the purge, I told people because I knew I they couldn't cut my scene out because it was pretty important. I knew there's no way they're going to cut that out, but otherwise you don't ever know.
2: Well, you were on a show once that I didn't even know you were on, and like I think you were probably classified as an extra, but like you were like an important extra, I guess. Yeah, and like
3: it's called a featured extra. Yeah, they didn't give me a line, but yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty good scene.
2: Yeah, but like I didn't, I didn't even know you were in it, and it just like, and I was watching that show on my own. Like I actually enjoyed the show, and then I was like, wait, what?
3: Like, <laughs> like, I did do a double take. I can't even Remember the name of that? That was filmed in Los Colinas. I don't. It was it, about lawyers. I yeah, it,
2: it, I think it had the word blue in it. I don't oh, remember. Blue no, uh, no, I would remember if it was blue collar. <laughs> it, I don't no, know. It was so. It, it was a show that just had like one season. I don't know, but I really liked uh, it. And then the guy, I literally the, was like, I did a double take because I was like, what? What?
3: The bad, <laughs> the bad guy from Titanic was in it.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah, he
3: was, he was the main, the main character in that thing. And then and that the, was Sean Mescalina's. No, nah, I forget his name. And then the girl from Napoleon Dynamite was in it too. The girl. Deb. The, oh yeah. The, the nice girl, the nerdy girl.
1: Yeah, I like your sleeves. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And was, so there's a lot of other people in it. If I just can't remember their names, but it only lasted like. A half a half a season or something.
2: I have I remember, no skill at remembering actors' names. Yeah, me neither.
0: I have no clue. Um, but I do remember another time where I I don't know how we got to the convers to the conversation or the topic, but I had, I don't know maybe I had mentioned the fact that I had liked the show Leftovers on HBO, and uh, Blake was like, "Yeah, my dad was one of the sheriffs uh, when they moved down to Texas," and I was just like
3: whoa wait what
0: and then we like had to do a little quick peek at, at that and she was telling me that you were only supposed to be on for like uh i think an episode and then they kept you on for the next season
3: no that uh so that was like at the beginning of the season i was on there and then towards the end of the season after they on they hiatus came back and uh one of the next episodes they brought me back again so that was oh, okay. that, that was a that was a nice surprise and Justin Thoreau in during that time, he got that's when he got married to Jennifer Aniston. So when I when I met him the first time, he was just a normal guy like all of us. And then the next time we worked <laughs> together, you know, he had a limo and everything. I don't oh. think you could consider
2: Justin Thoreau before Jennifer Aniston still just a regular guy. <laughs> like I, I,
3: the I, I, I didn't know who he was. I wasn't familiar with him. I'm same. After- I didn't know either. But after that episode, like a few months later, you're going through the checkout counters and, you know, how they are when Jennifer Aniston has anyone in her life. There he was plastered everywhere at every check stand because he was the new guy. And then they got married and became even bigger. So, yeah, he it changed them. I mean, he was still a great guy, but you could tell he was kind of jaded by the whole paparazzi thing being part of her her limelight. He was a lot more guarded the second time we filmed. So that was that's that, too that was funny fun. that was a fun show i was hoping to be brought back many more times but they moved to australia after mm.
0: that. oh yeah that's right that last <laughs> season they moved to australia
3: what a jump yeah.
0: and the show got <laughs> yeah, really uh, weird
3: too I, I stopped watching it it got really complicated and weird so it did I'm, but
0: i'm one of those people where i was like i've i've gone this far i have to just finish it
3: i started I to. it
0: i
1: gotta finish it
0: and that was shot in austin or near austin
3: yeah, season two was. It was yeah. First season was up in uh, New York, and then, uh, then Austin, and then over Aust- to Australia. Australia,
0: down under. Yeah,
3: it was. They just uh, keep
1: moving south. That compound,
3: <laughs> that compound uh, where all the hippies lived and all those people. It was, it was so realistic that when I came to shoot that first day, I thought it was an actual hippie compound that they were renting. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was so incredibly detailed like there were things like inside the trailers that little little statues little flowers where the camera would never even get to they were that detailed so i thought it was a real commune that we were filming in (laughs) Uh, that's that's the thing when you're on these big budget things everybody has a job and they they take it they take it real
0: take it to the max serious
3: yeah that's like I know. When, a, when Blake brought up that thing about the girl bringing me a cooler Coke. That was her job. So I, I was looking around. And she says, are you looking for something? I said, no, I just wonder if there's like a Diet Coke or something around here. And boom, she went shooting off down the mountain and brought me back a cooler <laughs> <of> Diet Coke. She's
1: <laughs> like, that'll get like, him for a while.
3: <laughs> and then like uh, same day, the sun was like beating down on us. And all of a sudden, there's this girl behind me holding an umbrella over my head. I feel like an idiot. But that was her job. So,
2: (laughs) I mean, when you think about it, Luke Perry was on that film. So, like, they all were trying to impress people.
3: Yeah, there's an example. Luke Perry had an RV, a (laughs) giant RV that was part of his contract. And I was over there on my four by ten foot.
2: But again, lucky to be there.
3: But at night we snuck in there.
2: (laughs) Did, a little party while, while he was we, there, or
3: no? Nah, he went. He it was near his home. We were filming uh, up in the mountains north of Hollywood area there, and he he went home at night, and we we kind of hung out. We had the keys to the RV, so we would sneak in there and hang out a little bit.
0: <laughs>
3: wow. he he
1: heard he here, but... what, a, what a rebel! <laughs>
0: yeah, breaking news. Uh, yeah, that's super we Got a little
3: taste. A little taste. Of what it'd be like to be a Luke Perry kind of guy. He was an okay um, guy. Uh, he's a regular kind of guy. He drove this beat-up station wagon. So, you know, the guy definitely had money to have a better car than that. So, he, he wasn't, you know, like living large or anything like that.
2: I mean, you have an RV. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> an, r- an RV I paid $7,000 for. So, there's, there's RVs and then there's what I got. But it's still an <laughs> RV. That's true. I should just say I have an RV and leave it at that.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't need to explain what it looks like <laughs> or so the fact that you've run it into many many things <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. so you mentioned oh. earlier that uh when you're waiting around you get nervous because you you don't know when they're going to come to you do you do, do you have any sort of thing that you do in order to get rid of those nerves or at least help bring it down just a bit vodka <laughs> i was about to say it's probably uh. just like take a shot of liquor or something
1: my cup no. says vodka is just fun water.
3: <laughs> if I if I used alcohol as a as a thing to relax, I'd be so trashed by the time they finally came and got me, I wouldn't be able to do anything. <laughs> no, I uh I actually leave my trailer a lot and walk. You know, talking about someone, everyone has a job on that set. When you're there, no matter who you are, even at my level, there's a person that's assigned to me, and uh, she has her eye on me all the time. She's <laughs> like a assistant 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 a, a, a director she's like a way down way down the totem pole director who's in charge of someone like me so every time i leave the trail her eyes are on me uh, not creepy or anything but she knows where i'm at because if they need me she needs to know where i'm at so i would leave the i leave the trailer lot, walk around a little bit and, uh, with a shadow behind go, you i don't go <laughs> anywhere where she won't be able to know where i'm at but other than that i, I bring books sometimes. And depending on how much dialogue I have, usually I sit in the trailer and just do my dialogue over and over and over and over and over and over. over So there's no chance of me not knowing my lines. On The Purge, I had like six lines. So I couldn't sit in my trailer and just say, uh, not six lines, I had six words. (laughs) (laughs) So I wasn't going to sit in my trailer and, you know, go crazy trying to remember six words. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I feel like, like, I have seen more of your, like, earlier stuff than the most recent things, I think, and I catch myself quoting stuff sometimes, and I realize that no one has any idea what I'm talking about. Do you do that?
3: <laughs> Qu- quoting things that I was in before?
2: Yeah. Like, do you Just quote quite. do you quote stuff you're in, and you're like, oh, you realize, oh, no one understands that reference at all?
3: I don't really quote anything that I ever. Well, the only thing I ever kind of make fun of or quote is the Better Call Saul uh, when I talk. Because uh, he's going to Albuquerque and I say, Tarantulas, they got. That's a big minus in my book. Kind of funny. <laughs> I, I'll say that every now and then. Whenever I, I heard the word Albuquerque,
2: <laughs> I, say all the, I say all the time, everyone calm down. People get nervous.
3: Oh, and my, like. I- <laughs> That's, that's a movie that's been erased from my memory.
2: <laughs> but, like, that's the I quote that all the time and no one understands what I'm talking about. And they think I'm just, like, using weird inflections. But I'm like, you had to be there. Like, you'd get it
3: <laughs> if you that saw it. Called, uh, that movie was called Losing Faith. And we had a premiere in Dallas. And halfway through, the, I brought a friend of mine, an actor friend. Halfway through the movie, we kind of looked at each other like, oh, my God. And uh <laughs> It was, it was so bad. And then when we left the theater, we didn't talk at all for the, like the first couple of blocks back to the car. And I finally, <laughs> said, I finally said, so what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really bad. And it was a great script. It's just, they didn't have the budget and, and it's a first time director. And it was a blunder from the beginning. The, the that, that movie with the dead guy, who they prop up, and they kind of make him look like he's still alive. I forget that actor's name. You know what movie I'm talking about? Daniel Radcliffe?
2: All right, you know the, the the one with Daniel Radcliffe? The more recent one? Or the no, one where no, it's, it's like...
3: This is back from the late 80s or something. I oh. yeah, I Weekend made a, at Bernie's. They made a couple sequels to it. Anyway, he was the main actor, and I'm totally forgetting the name of the movie and the actor. So. A
2: Weekend
3: so, at Bernie's? Yeah, Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, that guy. The dead guy. <laughs> he was the main actor in it.
2: They well, they did another movie just like that with Daniel Radcliffe that uh, no. he, he played a, that guy too. Yeah, so it's with Sarmi Knife.
0: That movie looked or, so weird. And I, was, I was
3: like, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna watch this.
2: I, it was really strange. I don't really recommend it, but I did watch the whole thing.
3: Weekend of Bernie's was pretty funny, not funny enough to make a sequel, but you know, it, was, it was okay. <laughs> but yeah, it, that's, that's the thing when you, uh, you know, you, you especially when you're starting out. And I'm certainly haven't made it to a level where I don't do, I won't accept a bad role. I'll do anything they ask me to do. But when you're first starting out, you got to do some really bad things because they're the only ones that will hire you.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, even when you are established, I feel like you still regret some roles. Like, look at Ryan Gosling and Green Lantern. Not Ryan Gosling, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan
4: Reynolds. Ryan
3: Reynolds.
2: And Green Lantern. Like, he talks nonstop about how he regrets doing that movie.
3: (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, he. He regrets it, but he, you know, he probably made $15 million. I would like to have that kind of regret. Well, and he yep. met his
2: wife on yeah. that movie. So. <laughs> and he still of regrets the, it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Most of the stuff I did starting out, I didn't get paid for at all. You know, and, and some, of, some of them actually cost me you know, because I had to buy a, a special jacket or stay in a hotel room on my own dime, things like that. When you're starting out, you just do whatever you have to do because you have to build a, build a resume and get something to put on your reel. It's a hard, it's a hard business to break into. I've, I've been doing it for 15 years, and you know I, I still have a long way to go.
2: So, what What's would be the, your advice to somebody? Oh no, sorry, go on.
0: No, mine's what? totally off topic. So you can you can ask yours.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> so was, what would be your advice to someone who's like trying to break <clears throat> into I, the business? I
3: give talks at uh, like my college up in Iowa. I'll, I'll speak to the theater students. My main advice to them is don't try and do it. Full time because, for the obvious reasons, the failure rate is so high. But if you have a full time job, something flexible, you can do it forever. But if you're depending on that income, uh, the odds are you're not going to make it. I mean, that's just a cruel fact. There's, there's, just... there's, hundreds, there's hundreds of thousands of people out there trying to do this for a living, and you got to be a realist about it. So, I have a mm. job that's very flexible, and they know that I do this. And when I book something that's substantial, I use vacation days or, you know, whatever. so, but if if I had to depend on the income, you know, I'd be living on food stamps for sure.
2: Megan, did you have
1: a question? uh, Oh, he pretty much said it. I was just like, I was, I was going to say the market's so oversaturated too, because everyone's like, oh, I'm going to move out to LA. I'm going to work at a restaurant until I hit it big and then. That's that's what everyone's doing. So I feel like it would be hard to break into
3: it. I I mean, I I personally know probably 12 people from Dallas who have moved that way and they're all back here now. And uh, yeah. one of them went out there and uh, he his first audition, he booked a major or pretty, pretty substantial part on White House Down. You know, that, that movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm forgetting everyone's name today for some reason. But yeah, he had a really big part on that, and he was thinking this is no big deal. I, you know, this is easy, and he never booked anything substantial after that. And now he's back in Dallas, and this guy's a stud. He's like a real good-looking guy, uh, professional baseball player for ten years. Great guy, had all the tools, everything you need. That just shows how hard it is out there. It's just really hard to make it out there.
2: Well, yesterday when we were talking about interviewing you and we were trying to come up with questions to ask you, Megan's question was, if you were an actor, what would you be doing? And I was like, well, probably the job that he does full time that pays money. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, yeah. Yeah. So I work for a company called Sanjay. We make soy sauce. And so I, I cover the Western U.S., so Dallas to Hawaii, which works out good, too, because a lot of my stuff has been in uh, Albuquerque. Uh, <laughs> I film two Better call Saul in the night shift are both filmed in Albuquerque, and then I've done some stuff in Los Angeles. and That's all my territory with my other job, so it works out really well.
2: Yeah, he's Steve, the soy sauce salesman. Yeah.
3: <laughs> nice. And I told I told uh, my boss years ago what I do because I didn't want him, you know, watching some lame movie at three in the morning sometime, and all of a sudden I pop up on the screen.
4: <laughs> oh, wait, wait, there's my sales
3: guy. What's he doing on there? <laughs>
1: He just like randomly walked onto set one day
3: and they got you. He's like, What? Yeah. I always, I'm, the, always thinking, I'm always thinking of ways to sneak some of our soy sauce bottles onto a set and kind of just place them in the background.
0: What's the <laughs> furthest you've had to travel for uh, for a film?
3: Uh, well, Los Angeles, I did something a few years ago, but you know, I have to, other than that, Albuquerque.
0: Now overseas or over the border, over into Canada?
3: Now, I auditioned for stuff in Vancouver and uh, auditioned for a lot of stuff in Great Britain, but I've never booked any of them. Auditioned for something in Ireland recently. Those would be pretty awesome as long as they pay all your travel and I wouldn't do it unless <laughs> I did. But, but yeah, it's most, there's a lot. There's so much in the United States. You really don't even have to focus outside the borders. There's just tons of projects. Over in Atlanta, there's like 60, before the virus hit, there was like 60 projects going on at one time in Atlanta. Just, just Atlanta. And then you got New Orleans and Albuquerque and, of course, Los Angeles and New York, Chicago. There's just mm-hmm. hundreds, hundreds of things being filmed at one time.
1: But, well, and if you walk out in, like, Atlanta, like, in the streets and stuff, it could pass as New York City. So, like, they don't even have to go to New York anymore to film New York City scenes. They can do it in Atlanta because it looks very similar.
3: Yeah. Plus they have a now they have a big studio there now too that Tower Perry built. So even if they need something specific, they can build a backdrop to make it look even more like the city they're supposed to be in. So The Walking Dead is going on there now and all Tower Perry's all Tower Perry shows are filmed there and there's just tons of movies. Most of the big movies that are out now were filmed in Atlanta. And it's pretty cool because now that I've been in The Hunt and some other things, a lot of my actor friends, I keep seeing them pop up in different things that I'm watching because they're Atlanta-based actors. Mm-hmm. And they, they, these guys do it full-time. I'm the only one on that movie, The Hunt, who wasn't full-time, as far as I know. You know, Maybe they were all pretending like they were full-time. They really weren't. But <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, for the most part, uh, there may have been one girl, one of the other girls, And I'm training the hunt. I think she might be a waitress in LA, but I think the rest of them are pretty much full time.
2: So I I, couldn't imagine doing that full time.
3: uh, If you do it for a lot of years and you have residual checks pouring in every month, it takes the pressure off. But I don't I'm not in that that situation. I mean I'll get residual (laughs) checks the lowest one I've ever had is for seven cents. Like (laughs) they literally they literally mailed me a check for seven cents. I'm like just (laughs) Easy, <laughs> you know how much is a stamp nowadays? Thirty something cents.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it costs you more money to send it than it's worth. You could probably yeah. buy a
2: gumball.
3: Yeah, that was. I mean, that was pretty funny. And then the, but these guys, uh, this one actor named Steve Coulter, who I became good friends with. He works all the time. I can't imagine what his residuals are every month. You know, he could probably never work again and, and be okay.
2: What a I'm life!
1: Not, I'm not <laughs> yeah,
3: in that situation. So yeah, you just keep you just keep plugging away and so when I talk to the college students I that's my main thing is you know I have a real job that's flexible. Uh, don't move to l a right away because there's a million people out there who look just like you and uh, you know just dominate your local market first. you know if you're in Dallas or Atlanta or New Orleans, you know it's you know that's pretty easy to do if you're living in some small town that doesn't have a big movie industry or TV industry, it's kind of hard to do that. But yeah, the typical advice is the, rule your local market first. So you build up a resume and a reputation. Cause you move to LA, number one, you're not going to get an agent. It, it could take you years to get an agent and you can't get a good audition without an agent. So, you know, these, these people go out there and they, they can't get an agent. They get frustrated and they end up moving back home when their money runs out. Even, even me, at, at my modest level, I have a pretty good resume and a nice reel now. I, if I moved to L.A. tomorrow, I probably would, would flounder because they don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. It's, all about, it's all about relationships. You have to do a ton of workshops, casting director workshops where they get to know you and everything. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just a name. And there's a whole bunch of people out there competing for the same role. They'll get as many as three thousand people submitted for one role. Gosh. So when you, book, when you book something, it's like winning the lotto. And I, I definitely don't take it for granted, especially that role in the hunt. There's a lot of A minus B plus type actors in LA who would have loved to play that part. And I was so fortunate because when I went to that audition, the director. Craig Zobel. He also had directed The Leftovers, so he hmm. knew me from The Leftovers. He didn't direct my episodes, but he knew I was on The Leftovers, so I had an immediate connection with them. And without that, I don't know if I would have gotten
2: it's truly all about who you know.
3: Yeah,
0: the network.
3: Yeah, you have to have the talent once you get in front of them. But yeah, knowing them. Sometimes you have to know them to get in front of them. That's I mean, a, that's so... how
2: that's how I got my job is just knowing the right people. <laughs>
0: And that's how I got my job.
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> he knew me. So you're welcome.
3: <laughs> yep. And as, you start, and as you start working with more and more actors and bigger name actors and become friendly with them, they'll remember you as they go on to other projects. That's why when you watch movies, you'll see a lot of actors in it who were together in other films because they became friends and they liked working with each other. I think Adam Adam Sandler is the biggest example of that. All of his best friends are in his. Movies. Oh, and
0: David Spade. <laughs>
3: yep, they're in yeah. all of his movies, and you can tell yeah. he's having a. It's like they're having a blast. Yeah. So, I, mean, the I, mov- the I movie, think that's
2: why I like Grown can, Up so much. The movie may oh, suck. Yeah.
3: yeah, and there's a good example. The movie may suck, but they just have so much fun filming it that it's a likable movie to watch.
0: So, how much longer uh, do you think you're going to do this for?
3: Well, I'll do it forever. That's the thing with acting. You know they acting is it portrays real life and in real life you have everything from babies to 100 year old men so they're always going to need whatever age you are they'll need you I dabbled in this when I was in my 20s late 20s and there's you know thousands of people look just like me and then as years went on you know people dropped out and got real jobs and Gave up the dream as I did, too. I quit from age 28 until I was 45. I didn't pursue this. And then when I was 45, I picked it up again and did it the right way. I took classes, did some uh, lot of workshops. I did a stand up. Not a comedy thing, but I did like a skit in front of a live audience on Lower Greenville, a place called Ozark Grill, Ozarko Grill. And there was an agent in the audience and she signed me. And so I've been with her for 15 years.
2: Oh, cool! Nice. I actually yeah, really so... like that restaurant. <laughs> yeah,
3: I think it's still there. I, right? I
2: go, I go there a lot. <laughs> yeah, you should do karaoke, have... Blake. <laughs> yeah, I they should. They have
3: live shows in the back room there. I don't know if they still do that or not. Uh, I, don't know. Like, back
1: uh, room. I go, yeah. I go there for sure. the
2: food.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was a long, it was a long time ago. It was 15 years ago. So who knows now? But yeah, that's so that's. That's what I've been doing. So I've been doing it for 15 years now. I'll be, uh, star when I was 45, I'll be 60 this, this year. So I didn't realize
2: yeah, I, that I was 10 when you started.
3: Yeah. It's too much math <laughs> for me, but yeah, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I know you don't even probably yeah. know. Remember that I'm 25, but
3: <laughs> you know, that guy in the cocoon the, and he was in the firm, uh, can't remember his name. He had the round glasses, and he's bald and had big belly. You know the, you know those movies, The Firm, or. I don't
1: no. think so. I'm gonna look it up though.
3: Yeah, you. If I remember the guy's name or showed you his picture, you know who he is. He ended up being a big time character actor. He didn't start until he was 50 years old, and then he ended up being in everything.
2: Well, wasn't when it tra- like Robert Downey Jr. that didn't? He was the one that like went to jail for a while, right? And then. Yeah got his life together afterwards now, he's and Iron Man. now look at him <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> yeah he's very res- resilient there's a lot of stories of people like him who imploded and then came back but for every one of those stories there's a bunch of other stories where they didn't bounce back it's a the industry will chew you up if you take it too serious in the early days if i didn't book a role I just beat myself up, like, what could I have done better? And then as time goes on, you realize it's it's just a numbers game. It's not always who's the best. It's You could be too tall, too short, too thin, too fat, too good-looking, too ugly. There's You don't ever know. It's when the person writes the script, whoever it is, the screenwriter or the director, when they're writing a character, they have an image in their mind of what this person looks like. And so when you come in and audition, they kind of hope or expect they expect and hope that you'll look like the person in their mind. I say, so you can only do what you can do. You know, you walk in, you look like yourself. You can't change that. You don't <laughs> know what they're looking for. But I mean, there's been times I've auditioned for things that uh, the, the breakdown said, you know, white male, in, you know, fit, you know, marine looking type person. And then I don't book it. And then the show comes out and there's like, a, you know, like a Chinese guy playing my role. I'm like, yeah. what the hell happened there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Their vision uh, changed.
3: Yeah, well, I mean,
2: I, I read with you for when you're auditioning, and uh, like the last time I did it with you, you were—it was like a seventy-year-old swarmy fat guy who yeah. like hits on his employees.
3: <laughs> yeah, those are the ones gonna kind of hurt your feelings because you're like reading the <laughs> breakdown and says something like that, and I'm like, okay, they looked at my headshot. And I fit what they're looking for. (laughs) First of all, rude. I've I've had a lot of them like that. But, you know, I always wonder about the poor, you know, the poor actress who gets submitted for a role. And the breakdown says severely homely teenage girl. And then you get selected to audition for that. That's got to hurt your feelings. I can't imagine.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I would nail all of those.
3: Yeah, she walks in the room, they're like, that's it. That's what we're looking for. That's it. Stop the casting call. That's it. We found her. Yeah, it's good news, bad news. (laughs) Yeah.
1: She probably doesn't care. She's getting paid either way.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's why I always figure too. The the paycheck kind of erases all your emotions.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it would definitely do that to me.
3: The failure, if you if you book ten percent. If you have a ten percent success rate, you're considered very successful. That's how tough it is.
2: Wow! What's nowhere- your percentage? Oh, yeah, what's your um, percentage?
3: I'm, I'm nowhere near ten percent, and I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I don't keep track. When I go in, I audition, and then when I leave, uh, I'll usually have the script in my back pocket just for safety. I'll take it out and I rip it up and throw it away and forget about it because. You can't, you can't do anything. You're, you did your job. You did the best you can do, and either they want you or they don't want you. But yeah, I, I don't even know what my percentage is, but 10 percent are the guys you see on TV or movies quite a bit.
2: I feel like I couldn't do that. Every time I audition for something or I apply for something, I sit there and I f- stress about it over and over and over until I get a rejection.
3: Well, I, I <laughs> and then you're like, that. I knew it. Yeah. In early, in early days. <laughs> I was so optimistic that I would like plan my work calendar around the proposed shoot schedule, assuming (laughs) that I was going to get it. And I did that for a couple of years and finally I just went crazy. I got to stop doing that. So now when I audition something, I just, I do my best, but I figure I'm not going to get it. Cause odds are I won't. And I just go on with my life. And then you kind of hope for that phone call from your agent saying you booked it. That's the thing with the business. If you don't book it, you never hear. You just never hear. You just that would be the
4: worst. The worst. All of
3: a sudden, you'll be watching a movie one day, and you're like, "This looks, this sounds really familiar." And then all of a sudden, oh, I I auditioned for that. And then there's the guy who got your part walking across the screen. That happens. (laughs) That that happens. That happens a lot.
2: I could deal with the rejection 100. percent Like I get rejected all the time. That's not an issue. (laughs) It's the not knowing if I've been rejected. That's like. That would just eat away at me. Like if, the fact that they would never tell you, that would kill me.
3: Uh, you never, you know, you can always badger your agent, and have them find out for you. But I don't, I don't do that. And, and right now, it's really bad because I have a, a lot of really good auditions that I've done in the last few months that are in kind of like in purgatory right now because of this virus. Everything's been shut down, so it's not a yes and it's not a no. I just don't no No decisions have been made. I probably have six major movies that I really want. That are just pending right now. And it may be pending for several months. And the movies may never get made now. Who knows? They might move on to other things. But uh, this this Ronald Reagan movie I really want. I I auditioned to be a Secret Service agent. Yeah, when he gets shot. (laughs) No, Dennis Quaid is playing Ronald Reagan. Oh, Oh, interesting. I auditioned to be Secret Service agent when he gets shot. And, and stuff. So it'd be pretty, pretty cool. But that's uh, it's on hold right now. They're hoping to shoot in late June, but that probably won't happen.
2: We had um, Wonder- a professor in college who was an extra in. Um, uh, oh nuts! Guess that.
0: Guess that.
2: Uh, no, he was, was on an the old he game was on show the, that. No, he that was on the Price came is right. back again. Yeah, he was on the Price is Right, but he was also an extra on some movie with gerard butler and he was so proud of it uh, that like he like showed us his clip where you can see like the side of his nose for about <laughs> 10.7 milliseconds he's like and hey he was that's so me. proud of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like i, I started, feel like if I, I was ever in anything i'd be like hey want to see me on tv i
3: started out as an extra on there you have some some of them are like normal type people but then there's another fraction of them that are really oddballs there's a lot of weird background actors <laughs> guys like who you're talking about for instance they 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 walk <laughs> around like they're they walk around like they're all hollywood and everything and you know they've never taken an acting class they don't have an agent but they'll go around telling people oh that was on breaking bad and you know <laughs> this i kind of just ignore them
2: <laughs> but, yeah, Martin. I but, sent but him most, that most... clip of him on um the Price Is Right, and he was like, "Is that really him, or is he acting?" I was like, "Nope, that's him." <laughs>
3: <laughs> that sadly, that's him. Yep, that's yep. his personality. <laughs> yep,
2: it's a really excited fella.
3: <laughs> yeah, and he had, and he had to mention your college. That's the bad thing.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's too
1: funny. You're like, oh no, <laughs>
3: yeah. Luckily, he was he was talking so fast that they probably didn't understand what school he was saying.
1: I know Wayne Brady had to get him to repeat himself like seven times.
3: <laughs> yeah, he was acting really goofy. He was just—it's uh, not. Was really amped
2: up. Yeah, no, that's just his he personality. He
4: was behaving very <laughs>
3: goofy.
4: Yeah, we, per-
2: go. we when we were in um that cover band in college, we performed for one of his classes, his like history of rock and roll class, and he took over our set and took one of the guitars away from our guitar player and started, he was like, do you guys know twist and shout? And we're like, I mean, no. (laughs) And he was like, okay, I got it. Just follow along. And he just started playing piano and, or or playing guitar and started singing the song. And we were like, okay. And we just kind of all like picked up an instrument and like figured it out. We were like, all right. And like his class, like literally every single cell phone was out and filming him. I feel like he probably blew up on social media that day of, (laughs) The twist and shout professor. (laughs) So much energy in one little man.
3: Yeah, Nothing wrong with energy. You just have to channel it the right way.
2: (laughs) Well, do you guys have any final questions? I feel like we've kept you longer than we anticipated, Dad. I have one.
1: Who is your favorite child and why is it Blake?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Blake, because she asked me to be on this show. Yes! Oh, yeah. Ah, Back it. siblings,
0: siblings. Like, brothers. <laughs> Playing rugby—that's nothing.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I—I I, I don't mind being on here because when I when I hang up, I have to go in my house and there's like three screaming grandkids and a new puppy pooping everywhere. So oh. the longer oh, I'm in the like- car, the better for my sanity. <laughs> <movie. laughs>
2: Do you love that you just talked about forty-five minutes about your glamorous acting life and then now you're <laughs> talking about your? pooping screaming house
3: that's the that's the life that i lead at my level of acting and one like when we were in la we left the premiere and on the sidewalk i had to sign all i didn't sign autographs like selfies are the new thing i had to pose for selfies with like all these people on the sidewalk it was like so bizarre and then we went to this nightclub that they rented out for the premiere party all hollywooded up and then the next day i'm a soy sauce salesman again (laughs) <laughs> so it's kind of hard <laughs> you go from the the high highs to the lows not not that it's low being a soy sauce salesman but you know what i'm saying you mm-hmm. you have people stopping you on the street to take pictures with you and then the next day you're just another another guy
2: i mean so, people were taking selfies with you when we saw the movie in theaters and i was like what that's weird <laughs> <It's> like,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah, what are you, you were doing <laughs> you're with me for that one guy yeah, it's very weird because yeah like, what do you want a picture of me for you kind of
2: forget what's up. Yeah, like uh, dad I was I was walking next to Taylor, who is my brother, for those of you who don't know. Um and he is I was like that guy just asked for a selfie with dad and he goes, "Why?" I, like, I don't know. <laughs>
0: He's, he's waiting. He knows that he's going to have that photo now, and then once your dad books these next six movies that he auditioned for, he's going to be like, see, I knew that guy back when he was uh, on the hunt, and all, none of you guys knew him.
4: Yeah. Well, I'm
3: the whole glad. I'm, I'm glad That the whole experience were, I'm, was weird. It was very surreal. I'm, I'm just glad the selfies are a new thing, because my autograph is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they would never know who it was. I don't a, a whole bunch of scribbles. Well,
2: in grade school, like, you know how you had to get your like progress reports signed or like, you know, something like that. And I, if I uh, forgot, yeah. if I forgot to get them signed, I'd call my mom and I'd say, hey, can I have your permission to like sign this? And she's, she would say, yeah, sign your dad's because there's no way that I could do my mom's because it's so beautiful and curly and pretty. And then my dad's like, "S," And then <laughs> it looks
3: like it looks like, it looks like a monkey. It looks like you gave a crayon to a monkey. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, Dad, you signed a lot of my permission slips in school.
0: <laughs> All right. <Good> <laughs> All right. But honestly, That's else? what
2: mine looks like now, too. Um, I mean, I'm I'm good. Yeah, thanks, yeah.
1: thanks for doing this for us. Yeah, was awesome. thank you.
3: No, it was a pleasure to sit around and talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you that's might act- like that. That's an actor thing. <laughs> we try yeah, to do I'm it every week anyway. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad y'all asked me. It was fun.
2: Thanks. Yeah. You're, yeah. A, uh, you're a you're a good practice interview.
3: All right. Yeah, yeah the interview I
0: think went very well.
3: Okay. Good. Yeah. Let Let me uh, let me check it out when you guys have it all edited and everything.
2: Oh, right. you're gonna you're gonna listen to our podcast now?
3: Yeah, I'll listen to it now. That I know really you have one. <laughs> <laughs> That's I right. I, I was I there for the call. Him.
2: I called him and I said, "Dad, do you want to be him on my podcast?" And he said, "You have a podcast." <laughs> I
3: was like, well, I, cool. I listened to one of yours a couple of years ago, and then I we stopped. We don't talk about or that,
2: or that one. Oh yeah, we don't talk about that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was listening to him. Like, what is going on here?
2: <laughs> that was a dark time for us.
3: <laughs> oh, you have sure another
0: fan good. outside the outside the car.
3: I'm assuming yeah, it's a child.
0: Yeah, yeah I know.
3: <laughs> Dad's picking him up. <laughs>
2: all right y'all
0: be good
2: all right,
1: all right thank you bye dad bye, bye. all right well, all right,
0: cool. well it, first interview
1: yes i think it went well curious all to right. see you'll have to You have to get him to see if he can tell us apart <laughs> now yeah because i remember on the other one we don't talk about martin stop punching the camera <laughs> <laughs> but he would talk about how he couldn't tell us apart
2: yeah and he was not a fan of our other co male co-host before, Martin. So, hopefully you're hey a step buddy. up. He's stepping up uh, the world. Yeah, me We're too. Stepping
0: up the world. I, feel like, I feel like if he listens to the previous episodes, I'm not going to be a step up, but we'll see.
1: Mm. No, you definitely are. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like a big shoe to fill.
0: <laughs> no, I was just talking about, because every now and then, whenever we have a new listener uh, from one of you guys' family, it's always... You know, that Martin guy cusses a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, ooh, sorry.
2: I think our swear words have really dwindled, though. they, yeah, have. they have. I feel like, like at first down.
1: we were trying to do it, you know, just because we're like, we can do it! And then now we're yeah. trying Yeah.
2: Because I, yeah. I honestly, I probably don't cuss that much in my everyday life. I do cuss, but I, I you know, just like maybe three or four a day.
1: Yeah. Mine's just, kind of whenever like whenever it's necessary on who I'm around yeah or for emphasis yeah
0: emphasis I didn't I didn't say emphasis
1: Well no you said uh the Oh, on. I, oh okay. Said, whatever <laughs> Martin, It's like you're putting words in my
0: mouth Megan <laughs> Jeez, Megan come on now
1: <laughs> It was cracking right, me cool. up watching you rotate in your bed while her dad was talking too by the way
2: just a little side note Yeah I
0: was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just getting tired of laying down, and now my knees hurt. So I'm probably gonna get back on the bed.
2: Yeah. it's okay. I don't like sitting here either. My back always starts hurting because if I sit all the way back, then I feel like you can't hear me.
0: Go. Can
2: you hear me? Yeah, yeah. it's just not
1: as loud. You could move the mic close. You could do like Martin and just hold it. It's already on the edge of the table. Yeah.
2: yeah, but when Martin holds his mic, you can hear it when he moves.
1: It's like the that sound. Like yeah. this? Yes. <laughs> my bad. Okay.
2: My bad. Well, um, I feel like that should oh, be the end of our episode. We totally,
0: damn! I forgot. We totally forgot to tell your dad to like put out anything that he wants. Like his what he talked about his website and his social. I don't know if he's on social media, but
2: oh, I mean, I can do it. I'm pretty sure it's like stevemokate.com and he has his Instagram is. Smokate one hundred, I think. But honestly, if you just look up Steve Mokate, he's the only one. And he also has another Instagram called Sleeping Travelers, where he takes pictures of people who fall asleep on him when he's on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: That's funny. I'm about to go follow that right now. Yeah,
1: following yeah. that
2: one. <laughs> um I guarantee you he doesn't know how Twitter works. And to
1: be honest none of us do either
2: (laughs) yeah um and then there's imdb to look at his all of his massive amounts of credits
1: we can put it in the uh, description
0: yeah you could just put it in the description and then uh just everyone who's listening go give go give some clicks on his imdb page so he can bump up on those ranks
2: yeah, yeah add to my add to my 40 my 40 clicks i'm also
0: i'm also definitely probably gonna rent that movie i wish it was on the streaming thing so i didn't have I to pay was for it way
1: we could do it <laughs> yeah. like, pay for it with the stream it the together. stream money. um, um do, like the yeah. netflix party or whatever yeah.
2: oh yeah i mean we can just facetime each other Press because i definitely at the same time.
0: I, <laughs> I did want to watch it before i knew your dad was on it i wanted to watch it now yeah. I want to watch it even more because your dad is on it. And I really wanted to watch it in the theater. But fucking coronavirus.
2: Yeah, oh. it, was a, it was a really different experience because I saw it in the theater and then I paid for it on demand here. Well, I say I paid for it. My dad gave me $20 to watch it again. But <laughs> um, so like I watched it in the theaters and then I watched it on my couch. So, I mean, it hit this. But I don't know if it would have hit the same way because like I like. Said earlier when you're when I the first time I was watching it, I was like, okay, is he coming now? Is he in this part? When's he gonna come? Did they cut his part (laughs) and then (laughs) cut his whole part in this? Yeah, and then every time I saw someone wearing army fatigues, I was like, oh, where is he? Um, and then the second time, I feel like I was able to actually just watch the movie, so I almost liked it. Yeah, so I almost liked it better sitting on my couch, but like again, it was just weirder for me because like I know him. He I helped. Know. He helped birth me. So
0: that's true.
2: Yep, <laughs> that
0: that's is it. true.
2: Fifty percent, Papa Steve here. Fifty <laughs> percent, Mama Mo Kate.
0: All right. Okay. Well, so you well, can find anything Papa Steve related down in the description.
1: Yeah. And if then wanna also, I kind
0: of want to put these list. on YouTube. You
2: oh yeah, put what? You want to put what on uh, this interview on YouTube?
0: Well, I mean, just like culture, of the culture in general. Oh yeah, sure. We don't have to like record our faces, but we can put at least the audio up and just put like a we like need a to graphic a still image in the back. That's
1: just like. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just remember when we
0: were supposed? Remember after our uh, meeting at um what was it? Pippin and Mito's? Yeah. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where we were like, yeah, we'll have like a photo shoot for our album cover and our album cover doesn't have any one of us well,
2: it it. well also we didn't meet up to together, together for another yes. six months after that
0: yeah <laughs> I know that it's was like fun. in
2: June we and we started this it. in December
1: <laughs> we can still do it it's just you know I still have a good camera so we can do I it mean,
2: same we can do it from a social distance
0: I have an iPhone
1: <laughs> we'll just have like have- we'll get one different angles. <laughs>
2: All right, well, this episode is going to be very long. I'm not going to lie. That's
0: okay. Yeah, that's
2: whatever. He was a lot more chatty than I anticipated. Thanks, Papa Steve, giving us the content.
1: Quality content. Mm-hmm. But if you want to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, it is CRWCPodcast. <laughs> and if you want yeah, to send buddy. us an email, CRWCPodcast at gmail.com. If you yeah, want to yeah, tell, us, tell us how much you love Papa Steve, send us an email we don't get any emails and I'm kind of sad about it except for like (laughs) except for like twitter like hey so and so did this I'm like
0: cool so and so -so tweeted this out do you want to check it out like "Uh, no not really
1: like you're literally following two people are you sure like you know how to twitter
0: (laughs) that's funny (sighs) All right, I'll see you guys next week
2: Bye. bye later
1: I'm just gonna stop it. <laughs> Dang it.